At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. the desert. I'm Danielle Avari in the VEASAN studio inside the South Point Sportsbook with Wes Reynolds and Aaron Rinning has joined us on the desk as well on a Friday as always, which is great because we have a lot of NBA action to talk about. Before we get to tonight's games though, I want to ask you guys about last night's Bucks-Nets game. The Bucks easily covered 104-89 to home win versus the Nets to force a decisive game seven. What did you think of this game last night, Aaron? Well, it was probably the best effort or best game we've seen by the Milwaukee Bucks. It was more what you would expect from the Bucks. They outscored the Nets 26 to four on fast break points. Um, inside, at the, basically at the rim, zero to four feet, the Bucks were 16 to 23. Giannis no three point attempts. Although uh, Middleton really saved the day. I mean, when it's come down to it right now for the Bucks, it seems like maybe the last five minutes of the game, if they need a basket, it has to be Middleton. I'm very disappointed with Holiday so far. Obviously, Giannis, as far as shooting it, you know. We saw that in game, what, five, trying to make the fadeaway 15-footer or whatever. But Middleton, five of eight from the three-point line. The rest of the Milwaukee Bucks, two of 25, and that includes zero three-point attempts from Giannis. So still some struggle there with this team, but give them credit. Is, uh, they certainly look like their best effort of the, of the uh, series so far. 
Yeah, the one and a half games got home for the series price, so I'm glad with that. I don't know what I'm doing for game seven, but on the Nets side, Kevin Durant, you knew 47 points, obviously hard to duplicate that. He went over his rebounds just a little bit under his points, but it wasn't on Kevin Durant here, 32 points on 15 to 30 shooting. But really what you saw were the other contributors that were so big in game five. Jeff Green, only five points last night. Joe Harris continues to struggle the ball, the best three-point shooter by percentage in the league. Still continues to struggle, just one of four from three. James Harden was better in his second game back from the return from injury. Did have 16 points in 40 minutes, so he was a lot better. He came back for game five, obviously did not make much of a contribution, but we'll see if Kyrie is going to come back for game seven. They just I'll ruled be, him out. They did just they rule, did him, rule out. him out. Okay. And, and a couple and, and a couple of weird, or a couple things uh, in this series. I mean, what a bizarre series overall. It's been crazy. One of the start weird, to finish. One of the strangest series I can ever remember. And just the way it's been priced, the way it's been played, obviously the injuries as well. But the Nets went extremely short with their bench. Uh, Claxton didn't play. Uh, Brown didn't mm-hmm. play. Those are the two better defenders for me uh, for the Nets. Of course, Jeff Green, the hero, uh, one of the heroes of Game 5, uh, logging a lot of those minutes. So um, interesting move by the Nets to, to really sit those defensive guys as well. Shemette was the only guy off the bench that had double-digit minutes for Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and Steve Nash really shortened his rotation a little bit. A lot of guys off the bench that played three minutes, four minutes, and five minutes. And that was just the mop-up time. Yeah, exactly. So really a very short rotation here for the Brooklyn Nets. But, you know, you kind of see what the recipe is for Milwaukee. Giannis, get to the rim. Mm -hmm. Don't stand out there at the three-point line. Get to the rim. Even though you're not a great foul shooter, you certainly want to get fouled and increase your scoring opportunities. So, you know, finally, I think that they're kind of trying to figure that out. I think moving Giannis (laughs) really to center Mm -hmm. has obviously been a huge key for Milwaukee coming back in this series. And now that you mentioned Kyrie being out, because I was going to say, kind of do what you did in Game 5 on Tuesday if you suspect Harden is going to play sometimes you don't just take a side or anything you take a number so go ahead and take Brooklyn at plus four four and a half and then it closed to two and a half so not going to have that luxury here it doesn't sound like for game seven because I was saying okay go ahead and wait on the Bucks if you assume maybe Kyrie is going to go in game seven then you get two and a half or three but right now seeing the market adjustment still one starting to see some pickums showing the market basically here for game seven and that's about what I think it is in terms of the total now two four 14 and a half, the market low I see. Remember, in game one, this opened 239 and a half. <laughs> that was the closing number for game one. With all the chaos and all the injuries in the eastern side and also on the western side, but talking about the eastern here, who do you think is going to come out of this? The Nets, the Bucks, or the Sixers? Or is or it the Hawks? Are we including the Hawks? Last man standing the way it's been. I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, the crazy thing about this, if the Bucks pull off the win tomorrow, they're probably going to be the favorite to win the NBA championship, and they have a coach that should be fired mm-hmm. <laughs> in the meantime because mm-hmm. they don't do a lot right. So uh, craziness in, is coming up uh, the next couple of weeks still. Wes, what do you think? Your guess is as good as mine in terms of the East. I have that it's Philadelphia. Like musical chair. No one that, wants to win. I have no, that it's... Sixers at 5-1 to one to win the East, but I'm not very confident in it. I'm not really confident in any of these teams right now. <laughs> we'll get into the NHL playoffs and more coming up in this hour of My Guys in the Desert.
Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. Happy Friday. Lots of action going on tonight and this weekend. So lots of different guests for today that I'm very excited to bring on. I'm Danielle Avari here at the VEASAN studio today on the desk with Wes Reynolds and Aaron Rinning. Uh, as for our guests we'll have coming in, we'll have Dan Rosen, senior writer at NHL.com to talk all about the NHL playoffs a little bit later on this hour. And then in the next hour, we will bring in Stephen Hennessy, deputy managing editor from Golf Digest to talk about the U.S. Open that is going on right now. And then Lou Finnecaro will also join us in the second hour to talk all things UFC. Uh, Lou is up there in the running for one of the uh, kindest guests I think that we have. He's up there for me, a top two for sure. So after sure, after last week, yeah, he certainly had guest. a hot weekend. Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. In that big card down in Glendale, Arizona. Can't beat that. He, he makes money and he's nice about it. Uh, all right. So we just talked a little bit about last night's NBA matchup, but let's talk about the games going on tonight. Let's start with the 76ers and the Hawks who are in the mix still here. Um, I, I'm just I'm sh shocked we're even here, but game six, Hawks lead three to two. Series price has the Hawks minus 167 and the 76ers plus 135. Uh, Aaron, what do you think we're going to see tonight? Well, obviously, there's been a lot of money for Philadelphia so far uh, in this matchup. They took my money last game, and I, I thought it was going to be an easy winner the way it looked. I laid six and a half uh, against the Hawks. I thought it was a great spot. You saw all the energy. I mean, they played tremendous basketball, what, the first half, certainly, into the third quarter, and then, of course, everything fell apart. The interesting thing I would say so far about this series, okay, they've played 20 quarters of basketball. I feel like the Hawks have basically dominated three quarters. Otherwise, the Sixers have clearly been the better team here. They've had the better size. They have the, the better athleticism. Uh, in game one, of course, the first quarter, remember Atlanta got out to that big lead. They led 42 to 27. Game four, when the Hawks won, they came in and controlled the third quarter. They won 31 to 20. And of course, uh, obviously game five, last game out, they outscored Phil uh, Philadelphia 40 to 19. So you take those out and, and really Philadelphia has dominated uh, this series so far. Uh, when they went down to Atlanta uh, last Friday night, they dominated that game. So that's why we see money on Philadelphia. I did not bet this game. I mean, uh, a little bit tricky uh, after you saw uh, the way Atlanta was able to come back. It must, and it, it's funny because one of the things uh, in betting the NBA playoffs over the years, experience is always a big key. And Atlanta really just doesn't have any. Uh, Capella uh, played, you know, a little bit with the, the Houston Rockets. Uh, I don't know if Gallinari, he's played a little bit uh, in the playoffs. Of course, Lou Williams as well. But really, you know, it's, it's Trey Young and Collins leading this team. And in Philadelphia, I guess, for that matter, doesn't have a lot of experience. So I didn't do anything with this game. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I think the spread uh, seems about right. Philadelphia should win, but you trust them, especially uh, to lay three at this point. And if you want to go on a pattern here, you would certainly maybe look at the Sixers in the first half. They had that 13-point lead in Game 4, of course, blew it. And then they had a 22-point lead in Game 5 in the first half. So if you're looking at saying, okay, the more things change, the more they stay the same, then you might lean to the first half with Philadelphia. This is absolutely, I think the Hawks have been a big-time under team as of late. 10 of their last 13 to the under, but we've seen a move to the over. It was 221. Now we're seeing 223 here. Philadelphia has the recipe, I think, to stop Atlanta's offense, and they've really shown that. But they just have not been able to score in the fourth quarter. I think Joel Embiid for his second half in terms of the last two games in that on-court net rating, minus 
half. Now, this isn't all on Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons is kind of the whipping boy in Philadelphia, yeah. taking a lot of the blame. But really, a lot of the other guys have not stepped up other than Steph Curry. Tobias Harris has been on the side of a milk carton, missing really the last couple games, did oh, not no. score. And there's Ben Simmons, by the way. Like less, I said, he's less the whipping grateful boy. than the Sixers fans. Oh man, they put up this flyer, missing person, Ben Simmons, uh, in the Philly street. Um, they said it's really small print from where I am, but I'm pretty sure it's a uh, uh, last scene. Uh, oh, armed but not dangerous. Is that what the bottom says there? Right. Yeah. So just well, are the not Philly fans the being ungrateful here, or is Ben Simmons just a part of the process that has not panned out? It's it's hard to judge. I, I think he's certainly a valuable player. Remember, he's had to guard Trey Young since game two, uh, pretty much every most of the minutes mm-hmm. he's been on the court, although he hasn't uh, slowed him down as much the last couple of games. But, yeah, at some point, uh, you have to figure out how to make free throw and you have to figure out how to make a 15-foot jump shot. It is an offensive league. I mean, I've always been one, especially in the playoffs, you kind of lean to the better defensive team, but things have just changed. I mean, with the three-point shooting, with the ability to draw fouls. So, uh, I mean, that's why it is offense. The spotlight's on offense, and Ben Simmons just doesn't give you a lot. And that's the thing with Simmons. It's kind of like, you're right in the middle here because there's certain fair criticism of this guy, but also the expectations because, and maybe it was the organization selling them on two superstars that Embiid and Simmons were going to be that one, two punch Ben Simmons, as ER said, a very valuable player in terms of his defense, in terms of rebounding, in terms of the fact that he's kind of been the ex officio point guard really for this team going forward. That doesn't have a true point guard, but at the same time, he's not a superstar. He's a good complimentary player. And they basically have one superstar, and that's Joel Embiid. They do not have two, like they've been saying. So, you know, it's kind of in the middle. But Simmons is obviously going to take the brunt of the blame if they lose. And also Doc Rivers, yeah. who's been blowing a lot of double-digit leads. And this is not the first town that he has done that in. He has certainly done that in his time with the L.A. Clippers. When we take a look at individual players for this matchup, what are you thinking in terms of props for game six? Aaron, I know you haven't gone in on this game at all, but just in the way that you assume this game's going to play out or predict that it will play out, what would you be looking at for props tonight? Uh, yeah, it's a little tricky. I mean, it would help if I lean kind of one way or the other from a side in total. Uh, and I really don't, to be honest. So yeah, let's say I have a lean to the over, then maybe I'm looking at someone over points or, or vice versa. You know, it, it's interesting what we'll see from Embiid because – I mean, he looked like obviously just a totally different player, MVP caliber player in that last game. And remember how bad he was the last time he was here uh, in Atlanta, obviously not being able to garner much rest here, playing every other day with travel uh, included. So it makes it very tough for a player that is trying to play uh, through an injury. So that is kind of the big concern here uh, with Embiid, et cetera. I, I, as much as it's, it's hard to do, I, I'd still lean a little bit Trey Young under, if anything. Uh, I think as these series goes on, again, there's just a lot working as far as these teams scoring. Ben Simmons is under all this criticism. Well, he might be not be able to do it offensively, but here he at least can make up for it defensively and stop Trey Young to a certain degree. One thing I might look at on the Philly side is actually the Korkmaz in terms of the overs from three-point range because Danny Green, of course, out for this series, so that means somebody's 
got to get the outside shots, and it's really been Korkmaz. And his minutes have obviously increased. You know, Seth Curry is going to give you his contribution, but Korkmaz has been kind of the guy that's benefited with Danny Green being out, just seeing more minutes uh, in terms of his of his make. So at one and a half, I thought that that was relatively playable in terms of the over. It, right, it makes sense. I mean, if you can find uh, props like that. I mean, that's why I've, I generally when these series goes on, I'll look to play under, but I can't get there quite there in the series because, again, with Atlanta, you know, Collins, Young, Bogdanovich, uh, Gallo, saw Lou Williams last out. These are all offensive type of players. And Philadelphia, as, as Wes mentions, without Danny Green, you know, Cork Mats, Milton, those are offensive guys that are taking up those minutes uh, for a, more of a defensive guy like Danny Green. And on the Atlanta side, if I were looking at a prop, I have not bet this, but maybe John Collins over his rebounds. If you go back the last four games, he's averaged 35 minutes getting about 16 and 10 points and rebounds on average. So you would certainly say Collins would at least be the beneficiary in terms of the rebounds. I thought what we saw in the first half, at least a game five, and I tweeted out, I was like, this looks like it's going to be a rough night at the office for Clint Capella because he just is no match, I think, really for Joel Embiid when he gets going, especially he's been going early on. Well, it's crazy because if you watch the series, again, Capella has not been good. When he's been on the court, um, I, I think it was when Philadelphia, won the, their last home game in the second half. That was by far uh, Capella's best half uh, when, when Embiid was 0-12 uh, in that fourth quarter. The plus-minus for Capella is absolutely off the charts uh, with a big minus. He, he's definitely held Atlanta back, and here they are with a 3-2 lead. Another game going on tonight, or the other NBA game, rather, Jazz at the Clippers. Jazz minus two here. Total sitting around 220 and a half. Even a minus two and a half still available at the South Point. But consensus minus two in favor of the Jazz here. 10 p.m. Eastern start. We have game six, of course. Clippers lead three to two. So just one win away from their first trip to the conference finals, if you can believe that. They're 0-8 all time with a chance to clinch a conference finals appearance, the longest such streak in NBA postseason history. They've lost those games by an average of 14.9 points per game. So are the Clippers going to seal it up tonight? I, uh, I hope not. <laughs> I came in with a bet with Utah. Um, I leaned to Utah to start this series. I thought maybe the sum was going to be better than the part. So I have to back that up at this point, of course, because the Clippers are without Kawhi Leonard. Obviously not easy going against the Clippers on their home court here. But I think there's definitely some things to look at. Number one, I, I think Kawhi, certainly you have KD and Kevin Durant, but I think Kawhi, as far as a two-way player, there's nobody as good as him in the NBA. We saw uh, the Clippers just step up, and, and you know that's what happens when a guy like Kawhi goes down. Sometimes everybody just plays somewhat their game of their life, and you saw that with the Clippers. I mean, Morris, uh, George, all these guys were just phenomenal. The shots that they continued to make uh, all game long. Uh, the good news, obviously, for Utah, Mike Conley. Uh, back in the fold again was it going to be a James Harden situation mm -hmm. where he's just out there but you know Conley's not he's he's probably going to give him more defensively uh, than offensively but they've really missed him and just from a depth perspective so it helps uh, Mitchell's still a game time decision obviously you would think he's going to uh, give it a go here but the Clippers small ball uh, that has been the difference once again in this series. They made that adjustment uh, in the Dallas series. We saw them once again. They didn't exactly know which way they're going to play against Utah, but as the series goes on, clearly uh, it's that small ball. So Conley would help uh, with another guy. You know, Utah really, to me, like we saw with Milwaukee last night, really 
to needs to dominate and control the rim a little bit. And Utah is so uh, three-point happy. Um, and you saw that in the third quarter to a degree in the fourth quarter. When you rely on those three-point shots, they don't go in. Uh, you have those third, third quarters of the other night. But I, I think, uh, again, Clip, or I'm sorry, Utah comes back, fixes some of those mistakes, gets the win here tonight. Yeah, from a side perspective, I'm, I'm in a position where basically I can hedge and lock in profit and go ahead and take the Jazz plus 150 in terms of the series. As you can see, that graphic we just had at BetMGM, Jazz win 4-3. Obviously, if they win tonight, that's the only margin they can win by is four games to three. So plus 180 on the Clippers for the series and, and now a plus 150. So I may like to do that where I'm probably going to go from a side and total perspective is actually to the total and there's some 221s out there and I do like the under in this spot and a lot of it the points that ER just made obviously playoff P made an appearance here in game five 37 points 16 rebounds even if he kind of stays within that realm kind of like Durant did last night for the Milwaukee Bucks are you going to get 25 out of Marcus Morris again I'm not so sure about that are you going to get 13 out Terrence Mann again, who who I think really made the play of the game with that late dunk over Rudy <laughs> Gobert. That really put it on ice. Terrence, grown man, and he was a grown man dunking that over Rudy, one, arguably the best defensive center in the league, but are these other guys going to produce? And that's what you always, you know, or not always, but you tend to see in when you have a star player out like Kawhi the other night, somebody steps up and replaces the offense in that first game, and that's exactly what you saw. Now can they do it a second time around? And I'm not so sure. And Donovan Mitchell, look, look he's going to play. He's going to give it a go. How effective he's going to be, we don't know. But Conley is apparently coming back, but that's a hamstring injury. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that with these hamstring injuries. We saw it with James Harden, very ineffective the first time he came back. We saw it a little bit with Denver, with Will Barton, who was out an extended amount of time. Doesn't really give you the production right away. It usually takes a couple games at least to kind of get used to playing a game and working out, working out that hamstring. And those injuries kind of tend to linger. So what ER said is right about Conley. He's going to help him more defensively, I think, than in terms from a scoring standpoint. So that's why I do like the under here. I'm not always one that takes an under necessarily in a decisive game because it's already baked into the cake here, but I thought 221 was a fair price to go under. It's kind of been right around the total for most of these games, but you know, when you get into that fourth quarter, Danielle, the possessions, I think, are really going to extend a little bit, especially if this is a competitive game, one, two, three possessions in the fourth quarter, then you're going to see some slower possessions. So it may start out quick and then kind of die off at the end from a total perspective. No, I agree. Uh, I think I'm going to be looking a little bit more at the under. I think Conley, we see a little bit more over money or come in, the moves up, but I think that's probably... Uh, the wrong move here. Just James Harden's a pretty good example of that. And the, the shot making was absolutely ridiculous mm -hmm. uh, in that first half the other night as far as, you know, the high scoring. I, I would be surprised we see that once again here tonight. Well, Wes, you mentioned Marcus Morris. If we're taking a look at props here, uh, his points prop set at 17 and a half, slightly juiced to the under here. So minus 127 on that 17 and a half number. And Terrence Mann, his number sitting at nine and a half and slightly juiced to the over here. So minus 127, uh, people thinking maybe he's going to be able to provide some production. When we looked at these props, where would you look uh, if you were going to make a bet on one of these? Yeah, and the Morris obviously tax now juiced to the under. That means they're anticipating a little bit of, of, of I guess, regression considering he was 
was 10 of 16 for 25 points. But if I'm veering away from the star players, one thing you have seen, and you saw it in the Mavs series, and you've seen it in this series, you're seeing a lot less minutes for Zubac now that the Clippers are going small. So you could theoretically, I think, play some of his props under, whether it's points or rebounds. The minutes have just very much declined. He played 41 minutes in the first two games of this series, but they have gone down ever since. He's basically a minimal contributor at this point. Uh, Aaron, anything you would look at? Uh, no, I'm just trying to think of it now. Of course, Conley coming back uh, for Utah. Obviously, he's going to take some minutes. Yeah, well, I, I don't or even know if over. they would put up a prop for yeah. him knowing. But with that said, Danielle, he's going to take up minutes from someone uh, who that exactly is going to be. Certainly Clarkson off the bench. To me, that's probably a good thing. Uh, in this series, maybe, you know, Ingles, but um, so maybe look for some of those guys under the total. We also have Bucks Nets going on tomorrow. We'll talk about that next right here on My Guys in the Desert. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. We are back here on My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Avari in for Matt Humans right now. And we also have Wes Reynolds and Aaron Rinning on the desk. We were just talking about today's NBA playoff matchups, but we have a Game 7 going on tomorrow night. Uh, the Bucks and the Nets. We talked about last night's game a little bit at the top of the hour here. In case you missed that, you can always check it out at vcin.com. So tomorrow's game, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Game 7. Right now, the line moving back and forth between a pick'em and minus one. We even have minus a half point on DraftKings right now. BetMGM has the Nets favored by one. Uh, according to Malika Andrews, as Aaron mentioned earlier, Kyrie Irving remains out for Game 7. Steve Nash said Irving still has some miles to make up. So we're not going to see Kyrie. Uh, with that in mind, what are we going to see from this ER? Good question. I don't have the answers. <laughs> I, I mean, this, again, we talked about it earlier. This has been one of the most bizarre series that I could remember in a lot of different facets. And what was it, two weeks ago? Was it two weeks ago? I said I got the Bucks. I took the Bucks in the series plus $2. After two games, it looked like one of the worst NBA bets I made uh, maybe in my life. Certainly uh, this season, it looks like the Bucks were drawing dead. And it was just price strange. You know, the first game, obviously, Harden goes down. Uh, I had bet the Bucks plus $2. You could... The Bucks after game one were still less than plus $2 uh, on the series price. So fortunately, somehow, I'm in a decent position here because I do have the Bucks plus two dollars to win this series i certainly don't trust them nearly as much as i did as this series started essentially this comes down to one question you have to answer last five minutes of a close game who do you want and to me it's probably not going to be the milwaukee bucks it's you know kd harden guys that can score uh make the baskets middleton we saw that do do that in last game uh that's the big question that i have so um I, I lean towards the Nets. I'm probably going to bet them for something uh, and hedge out of my position a little bit. So I still want the Bucks to win. Uh, for me, on a series price, it's just where I'm at in this series. But uh, I don't fully trust it here to let it ride on the Bucks. Yeah, and, and when you look here from this game perspective, and I did mention about the total, how this opened 239 and a half to start the series. Now all the way down at 215, probably you'll even go down a little bit more if people are going to bet trends. I know at Circa, it's 214 and a half. <laughs> game sevens usually tend to go under based on recent trends. That's going all the way back to the 0203 season. I think it's 36 and 22. That's exactly under. what it is, Wes. In fact, I will, I will cut you off for one second. But, uh, yes, game seven, I should have mentioned that. Home team, 42 and 16 straight up uh, going back. So the Bucks obviously have a lot to overcome uh, with that. Uh, the home And remember, in game sevens, the home team is generally the better team because they are the, I guess, the lower, the higher seed, mm -hmm. however you want to put it. Uh, 32 and 26 against the spread. Wes is uh, correct on that as far as the trends. Uh, 36 unders, 22 overs. Very hard to bet the overs in game sevens in the NBA. And that's what is kind of the dichotomy because when we look at the number, we're like, oh man, this is 24 points. Like this is such a massive <laughs> adjustment. You got to go over. Game five kind of barely, barely squeaked over a little bit. 114, 108 was the final. I think it went over by a couple points. Nets certainly have been a lot better at home since the start of April when they've had most of their guys basically together. 
13-3-1 against the spread. And I'm also curious, look, I'm going to assume we're going to get what we get out of Kevin Durant. There's not going to be a drop-off. He's going to get 30 points. He's probably going to get a double-double. But is Harden going to continue his progress that we did see some, Mm -hmm. I think, tangible progress there in Game 6, despite it being a losing effort last night. But I always think kind of the key, especially with Kyrie being out, is going to be Joe Harris. Joe Harris, as I've mentioned, and I know we've talked about him as nauseum on this program, 50% shooting from the three at home, but he has not been able to get it going from long distance over the last three games, so the shooting slump has hit him at the worst time. But if he's firing, that is a very powerful offense there, even with only two of the three, with Durant and even a not 100% Harden, and then Joe Harris hitting those threes. And, you know, the flip side for me is Drew Holiday for the Bucks, One of ten for three right. point. I, I think he's not been very good in the playoffs. Remember the Bucks uh, sacrificed a lot uh, to bring him into the fold. I don't think he's really been that good. I didn't think it was great in the series against Miami. Had his moments, had his moments here against the Nets. But you pick this guy up to take pressure uh, off of, of course, Middleton and Giannis. It really hasn't happened. I remember, you know, when they blew, uh, what was it, Game Five? Remember he he had Harden and he just take him to you know take him to the hole and he shoots up an air ball from the elbow, uh, kind of crazy with that. And of course, one of ten from three point land. So you're right. I think Harris Holiday might come down to those two guys. Well, Aaron, in terms of free throws, 76ers have missed 98 in the playoffs so far. 45 of those coming from Ben Simmons. Uh, we have a lot more to get to. Stick with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows, including Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, My Guys in the Desert, and Lombardi Line with VSIN Best Bets. You can also download Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, Long Shots, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in to My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Varey here in the vcin studio with Wes Reynolds and Aaron Rinning. And now we're bringing in a guest to talk about the NHL playoffs. Let's welcome in Dan Rosen, senior writer at NHL.com. Dan, thanks so much for joining us on a Friday. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So we have one matchup in the NHL playoffs tonight. The Golden Knights here in Las Vegas, where we are at the Canadiens, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time, game three, series tied up at one-to-one. What do you think about tonight's matchup? Well, look, I mean, Montreal got a win. They stole a win in Vegas. So that's huge for them. And, you know, they get up to two to nothing in the first period. Uh, and, you know, that was big. And then they had a three to nothing, Paul Byron scored, and they win the game three to two. Vegas is still such a dangerous, such a good team. But what a huge win that was for Montreal to get it going home. Huge stuff for them. That being said, Vegas is at, I think this Vegas is too much for them. I really do. And I just don't see Vegas losing two in a row in this series. Um, and I, I don't think a home ice advantage is that significant now for Montreal because it's not a full building there. The challenge, I think, for the Vegas Golden Knights is not necessarily on the ice, which is a challenge, but it's now 
going back to adhering to all the protocols that they had to adhere to earlier in the season because they're now in Canada and it's completely different there. Uh, and that's going to be the, the issue. That's going to be a challenge for them, how they handle all that. But once they get on the ice, they should be good. And I can't see Vegas losing two in a row. Dan, kind of two major stories here this afternoon in the lead-up to this game. Of course, Dominique Ducharme, the Montreal head coach, yeah. has tested positive for COVID-19. He is in kind of that window where he received his second vaccination shot. So he has been isolated from the team. But on the VGK side here in the morning skate, Alex Tuck going to get moved up to the first line with Max Pacioretty and also Mark Stone, of course, Chandler Stevenson. I don't, I don't know if he's been upgraded yet, but it looks like he's going to be out again. In terms of the outcome of this game, what story do you think is going to play more of a factor? Well, I think Alex Tuck. Uh, and, and look, that's not to discount Dominique Duchamp's impact on the Montreal Canadiens. And there is something to be said for the head coach not being there. There's no question about it. But those guys in Montreal now, it's the game plan is, is in place and Dominique Duchamp was part of that and he can still be part of the game plan even if he's doing it virtually right we're all working virtually these days right so why not him too um it, it, look everything I hope everything's okay with him but uh no it's the Alex Tuck uh move here it's interesting to me because Tuck isn't really hasn't played a ton of center um you know and and obviously Stone and Pacioretty are wingers Chandler Stevenson is the natural center on that line. He's day-to-day still. Um, you know, I think Tuck, though, with his power game and his speed game, can complement Pacioretty and Stone, and they can also play off him. He's got a little bit more offensive instincts as well, more than Chandler Stevenson. So I do think that that is going to be a very interesting move here for the Vegas Golden Knights, and to see how Alex Tuck plays. I love Alex Tuck's game. I really do. I love Mark Stone's game, and I love Pacioretty's game. I'm very curious to see how they all gel together. But it, it is. I mean, Riley Smith said it this morning. He's similar to Chandler Stevenson because he's got a lot of speed, and he comes through the middle of the ice, which is exactly what Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty are used to having when they're in the third guy on that line. Dan, with this move to talk to the uh, first man center or the first line center here, do you kind of think it was like basically Peter DeBoer's hand was forced here because they haven't really gotten a lot of scoring from these primary two lines here, at least through two games in this series. The D-men really have kind of held the bargain for the scoring side for VGK. Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. They they need more offense from their forwards, uh, and they need more offense from their power play. I mean, look, their power play is 11.8% in the playoffs. That's not good. That's four for 34. That's not good. Uh, and Montreal is very good at killing penalties. That's one thing. They, they're good, and because they're big, they block shots, and they have a great goaltender. Uh, so they need they need their forwards more engaged, more offense, more offense from them. Uh, it's interesting to me what, what has happened here because the line with Stone and Pacioretty and it was Stevenson went from a series in Colorado where they were the shutdown line, shutting down McKinnon's line, to now they are the line that the Canadians are trying to shut down uh, with Philip Dano against them so often. So it's a complete role reversal here for these guys. But they're good, and I think they'll come around. And I actually think Alex Peck can really make a difference there because he is – such a fast, power forward who skates in straight lines right through the middle of the ice. 
Dan, while we still have you here, we just have about two minutes left. I wanted to ask you about the other series, the Lightning and the Islanders, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern tomorrow game for them. I was taking a look at the article you put out yesterday talking about the Lightning's success on the road so far. I'm really enjoying this quote from Lightning coach John Cooper. It's not how many you put in the net, it's how many you keep out. And with that in mind, who is doing that better than Andre Vasilevsky right now uh, for the Lightning? So who do you who do you like here in this matchup? Well, look, I've watched the Lightning. I've covered them throughout the entire playoffs, and they look really good right now, and they look like a team determined, also a team that just truly knows how to win at this time of the year. What, what they've done so well is taken the reputation that they have had, which is that fun run-and-gun offensive team, and completely turned a 180 here. And they could still play that way if need be because they got a lot of offense, but – they are so good defensively and so good in locking down leads. You think about the numbers. If the Lightning have a lead going into the third period, it's pretty much game over. They're 10 and 1 in the playoffs, and they were 26 and 0 in the regular season. And I think they were 10 and 0 in the playoffs last year when games when they had a lead going into the third period. So it's pretty much lock it down, game over, and that's what we've seen against the Islanders now uh, in the last two games as well. Braden Point keeps scoring. And the scary thing for me for the Islanders is that Andre Vasilevsky has not stolen anything yet from them. He's been good, but he hasn't had to be great because the lightning in front of him have been very good. And if it comes down to it, do you believe that Andre Vasilevsky can steal a game? I do. <laughs> uh, no surprise that he's the front runner for the Con Smythe right now at 2-1 to one on DraftKings. Yeah, no surprise. Yeah, no, he, he's been yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think what Dan, uh, the point he raises is true. Look, the Islanders, that was their game kind of last night in terms of the style of play. Yeah. They slowed it down and they held them at bay on the power play. Now Tampa Bay, one of eight for the series, but Tampa Bay has proven they can win one of these bogged down Barry Trotz type games. Absolutely. Well, you can check out the rest of Dan's article on NHL.com. Thanks so much, Dan, for joining us. You got it. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. All right, series price on this Lightning, minus 530, and the Islanders, plus 385. That game again going on tomorrow night. Uh, we'll get to some MLB action next right here on My Guys in the Desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. into the oddstrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out oddstrader.com and download the free oddstrader app right now so you can start winning with the up to the second info you need. Daniel Alvari, Wes Reynolds, and Aaron running back here on My Guys in the Desert to talk about some MLB action going on tonight. Aaron, uh, I know one of the games that you were looking at, the Brewers and the Rockies, 8.40 p.m. Eastern, Corbin Burns versus Antonio Sensatella. Somehow, the Rockies riding a three-game win streak but are still 15 games behind the Giants uh, in the NL West standings. The Giants actually have the MLB's best record there. And Sensatella's career versus the Brewers, 1-0, 2.14 ERA and 14 strikeouts in 15 innings. Aaron, what do you think of this one? Uh, yes, Danielle, the red-hot Colorado Rockies. Unfortunately uh, right for my parlay yesterday. Sweep the, sweep the Padres, <laughs> uh, get the Milwaukee Brewers in game one. Um, and yeah, at home, they are such a different team. It is crazy. Uh, the home road dichotomy, uh, with the Rockies, but you know, the big talk here in really uh, much of baseball West, the last week or two spin rate, etc. Corbin Burns, uh, you know, certainly might be on the poster, uh, mm-hmm. for that with the talk. He's, uh, the spin's been down for him. Of course, you know, Burns had struggled in his brief major league career, added the, you know, the cutter added spin, uh, to the mix and he had been dominant. Uh, over about the last year, uh, the last two starts, really the last start against Pittsburgh was kind of the the warning sign for him. Now, the Brewers are a little bit weakened on defense as well. So as these guys maybe strike out less guys, uh, the defense makes it tougher. Obviously, Colorado, not an easy place to play defense in as well. Uh, the temperature is still uh, warm here uh, in Colorado. So this is a game I, I went to fade Burns. Didn't do it on the money line. I played this game over the total. Yeah, and and that's kind of what I was looking at as well, ER, because when you look, and we've kind of been talking about this a little bit, Danielle, over the past uh, couple weeks, is that you're starting to see, I think, more overs in terms of like the overnight. You're starting to see some more leans to the over. Part of that is going to be when the umpires are going to start to really check for the sticky substances or the foreign substances, whatever you want to call them, but also it's heating up across the country. It's getting in the summertime, so balls fly out of the yard. You've seen a 
little bit of a move, at least on initial first glance, to the under here because Corbin Burns with a solid one even ERA on the road, 383 for Senzatella. That's pretty good ERA at home for a Colorado Rockies starting pitcher to be under four. So I did not get involved with this one, but I certainly am digging what ER is saying in terms of looking at over the total because that's what you're going to see. And that's kind of what I would advise just as a general rule, not necessarily just every single game because you got to handicap mm-hmm. every game individually. But if you're looking to bet overs, do it early, do it in the overnights, do it in the morning. If you're looking to bet unders, kind of wait a little bit as you get closer to first pitch, because then the lines will move and you'll get a little bit of value the other way. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because Gil Alexander was mentioning to me that since all that sticky substance has gone down, he knows I love to bet first inning bets Mm -hmm. and I love to bet a no run first inning. But lately it has been so many yeses. It has been like a like a switch was flipped. So (laughs) last week was brutal for me in baseball. I definitely backed off and I've been hitting a lot more yeses. And one one point I I do want to by a week (laughs) and one point I want to bring up here. I was watching part of the Braves Cardinals telecast. I think it was the Cardinals announced crew on whatever the extra innings package and I was watching that game the enhanced enforcement here is going to begin on June 21st so next Monday is when the umpires are really going to be supposedly cracking the whip on this who knows if they go ahead and follow through with that or not but I heard the Cardinals announcers talking about that so keep that date in mind June 21st next Monday but but I think there's there's three things to keep in mind here as we see scoring going up uh, really the last couple of weeks number one is obviously uh, change with what the pitchers are able to do and what they can use as far as getting spin rate uh, on the baseball, etc. Also, you know, the warm weather. I mean, you've seen Colorado, mm-hmm. the Rockies were playing in 100-degree weather the last couple of days. Uh, East Coast, Midwest has been warm as well. Finally, Wes, we're getting to uh, the threshold with innings these guys threw last yeah. year. You know, I looked at Jacob deGrom. Last year he threw 67 innings in that uh, shortened season. Now he's at 68. So all these guys haven't thrown this amount of innings going back to two years ago. So I think it is going to be a little bit of a wear and tear. And, and again, Daniel, you see that first inning overs, et cetera, game overs as well. Yes, it was not good for my bankroll last week because baseball has been my bankroll sport, but we've switched <laughs> to yes been run. very, very good to you. Yeah, right? well, it was. Uh, we've, we've taken a hit to the bankroll, but uh, we've just switched to yes run first innings now. There you so go. It's a, it's a lot more fun to cheer for. Uh, another game we can look at here, Tigers and Angels, 9.38 p.m. Eastern here, Jose Urena versus Alex Cobb. And some news for the Angels, Shohei Otani announced today that he will participate in the Home Run Derby during All-Star Weekend in Denver. Man, those balls are going to be flying out of that park. So, He's going to hit one to Wyoming, I think. Yeah, at least. I remember watching him take batting practice in Colorado. He did, he, he, he did a hit one just about out of the park. It was crazy. <laughs> and it was still like going before it hit. Like 50% uh, hit trying. Uh, anyway, uh, I mean, Arena for Detroit here has been awful. I, I'm not sure he's exactly healthy. If you really dig in and you look at his numbers, um, a slider is one of his better pitches. Uh, he's not throwing it that much when he does, you know, the spins down quite a bit on that. I, I'm just not, I don't know if he's healthy, uh, or if it is the kind of the substance with him. Uh, but he has been not good here for the Tigers. Uh, I don't think that 516 ERA would even indicate, uh, how bad he's been roughed up by the Chicago White Sox, uh, in that last start. So, uh, we have to look at some way uh, to fade him and the Tigers here tonight. This line's probably a little bit too rich for me uh, to be that interested in. You do have somewhat of a high total 
uh, in the the Angels here, but. I think you can look over the total. I think you can look to lay a run and a half uh, with the Angels one and a half. If you have access uh, to betting team totals over, uh, I think uh, Angels over team total makes some sense as well. And Alex Cobb kind of in a backable spot because if you follow uh, over the years here on Visa and one of the things, John Von Tobel and I kind of look at this the same way in terms of baseball, in terms of pitching that buy low, sell high. Buy low spot, maybe even though you're paying a pretty premium price on Alex Cobb, 498 on the ERA, but only 267 on the XFIP. That fielding independent pitching has been a little bit unlucky this year. When you have a 357 batting average balls in play against, that indicates you've had a little bit of luck. Balls maybe sneak through defensively that should be handled. So, Alex Cobb, that is a pretty big discrepancy here. A little bit about two and a thirds runs, still striking out guys about 11 through nine innings. That's still very good. Got to keep those walks down a little bit he's just a little bit under three but to er's point i think run line and i don't like to lay a lot of run lines with favorites just in principle but this would want, would be one i would do it because i think you got a backable pitcher here that's going to have positive regression in alex cobb i did yeah i had the angels actually on the run line last night that did come home so perhaps another play tonight and, and, you know the angels have really beat up on the weak competition mm-hmm. you know they've gotten back into when, the race when they got back over 500 teams. when they beat the diamondbacks who's ever everybody is basically beating the diamondbacks <laughs> at the moment uh speaking of the diamondbacks they're up against the dodgers tonight dodgers at diamondbacks trevor bauer on the mound for the dodgers here and caleb smith for the diamondbacks is this a, uh, another situation where we should fade the diamondbacks aaron well, I, I'm not sure about that. In fact, uh, I didn't bet that. I mean, I guess they're not on the road. That's the bright side, or maybe that's the good news here uh, for the Diamondbacks. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, they still have not fired their manager, etc. Well, you know, what I think you need to talk about here is Trevor Bauer, obviously another pitcher. We talked about it with Corbin Burns. Uh, Bauer, that four-seam fastball, you know, he made it plain where uh, he was, you know, somewhat doctoring the baseball the last couple of years to try to make an example uh, of what was uh, you were capable of doing at the major league level. All of a sudden, now his last two starts, certainly the four-seam fastball, uh, it certainly has not had the spin rate, uh, perhaps the velocity as well. Certainly, I, I think the command, more than anything for Bauer, got beat up by the Rangers mm-hmm. uh, in that last start. So if the Diamondbacks can do anything, it seems, it, it would be their offense, and they can hit. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers are capable in that right as well. So this is another game where I went over the total. Yeah, and I would definitely agree with that. You look at Bauer, the numbers still look very good in terms of the ERA and the XFIP, but he's given up six home runs in his last four games and, you know, been beat around a little bit. Still striking out a lot of guys, 15 over the last two games, but it's gone down a little bit from what you saw in April and May. So that's something to keep in mind going forward. It's tough for me, man. I, I want to bet the Diamondbacks here because it's like the value is kind of telling you to, and the market really seems to be going on Arizona, but it's kind of like, I'll be from Missouri. You got to show me. You got to get a win. I don't want to keep playing because <laughs> sometimes I often mention we get stubborn as betters. It's like, okay, this streak has got to break, and then you keep kind of dumping money into it, and you keep getting losing tickets. So uh, I think it was uh, Matt Humans uh, put out a quote, or it's been widely quoted on gambling Twitter, social media. I've got a trash can full of losing tickets with great closing line value so maybe the diamondbacks would, I would be another say, one i would say the dodgers out here in las vegas you can ask the, the boys behind the counter here at the south point the dodgers will be on just about every single parlor yes uh, yes um 
Uh, well, so you did bring up the show me state here. So I'm just going to go to the St. Louis Cardinals next here. Cardinals at Braves tonight, 7.20 p.m. Eastern here. Carlos Martinez on the mound for the Cardinals and Max Freed for the Braves. What do we think? Well, Martinez was really good last out last Sunday uh, against the Cubs. That was by far uh, his best start, I thought, of the season. The velocity was up. Everything was there. Uh, he just had a kind of a competitive nature to him. So it was a bright sign for what has been a very weakened uh, St. Louis pitching staff. So, um, you know, I, I think it looks like maybe, perhaps, uh, he's going to outpitch that 582 uh, ERA moving forward, with. Yeah, and if you look at Martinez, 780 in April in terms of the ERA. In May, it went down to about 3.72. Now, the June numbers inflated because the Dodgers did get him in the first start of the month. But what you've seen with Martinez so far this year, he has a bad outing, and then he has a quality start to follow that up. And then Atlanta did get the win. Charlie Morton had a no-hitter into the seventh inning last night. John Gant, who we did fade, we got there, but John Gant really wasn't that bad. But but nevertheless, you got the win against him. St. Louis is a little bit better against left-handed pitching. Atlanta also kind of relies on the long ball a lot. Carlos Martinez really hasn't given up a ton of long balls this year. So the move right now is on the Cardinals, and I don't disagree with it. This is a yes run for setting for me uh, probably tonight, uh, despite that pitching matchup. The ball's been hopping in Atlanta. This yes, week. it has. Yeah, they're, they're actually one of the best first inning teams for hitting a run. Uh, we have more coming up in the second hour. We'll talk about the U.S. Open, and I have a question. Who the heck is Richard Bland? That and I have the more. same question. <laughs> coming up on the second hour of My Guys in the Desert. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.